So uh, imagine with me that in a year's time, what is it today, the 27th, is it, 27th of January 2020, it will be the end of the world as we know it. Can you imagine this? That, 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 that in a year's time, Jesus will come back just as he says he's going to do. The Bible says that he's going to return as the judge of the living and the dead. Uh, we, the God who made us uh, will one day call us to stand before him and give an account for our lives. And can you imagine? I, I don't have any special revelation, right? that it is going to be in a year's time. But just can you use your imagination? A year today, he's coming back. Now, if you knew that for certain, what would be your priorities in the, the, these remaining 12 months? How would you be looking to spend your time? What would you be worrying about? What would you be thinking about? How, what would you be doing with your time? My guess is that we wouldn't be so worried about our weight. We wouldn't be so worried about our mortgage or, or how the pension's going to be there or perhaps we wouldn't worry too much about Brexit, would we? He's coming back. How are we going to spend our time? Well, what does God have to say? Well, please open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4. And we're going to examine again for the last time, the last four weeks, we've been examining these verses, uh, 4 verse 7 11. Actually, can, you, can I have one, John? Because I forgot to bring one up. Thank you. So if you want a Bible, put your hand up. And they gladly give one to you. And turn to page 1,220. Because you want to know what to do, don't you? Read from verses 7 to 11. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to another without grumbling each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ, to him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. This is God's word. Peter, uh, an eyewitness, disciple of Jesus Christ, he's, he wrote this letter to Christians in the first century who were suffering opposition for being Christians. And he wrote many things to strengthen them. 
he's reminded them of their new identity as God's people. And he also reminds them, as the letter goes towards the end, of, of their new destiny, of God's timetable. And there it is in verse 7, the end of all things is near. So what should our priorities be as a church? Well, we've been considering them since the start of the year. Number one, prayer. Be alert and sober-minded so that you can pray. We are to be a God-dependent people. Second number one priority, it seems to me. Above all, love. Love each other deeply. We're to depend upon God in prayer and we are to love each other deeply. We're to be a warm, loving congregation that are quick to assume the best of each other rather than the worst, willing to forgive, joyfully showing hospitality as, as a way of showing love and acceptance of each other. And then last week, we began to consider verse 10, the third priority, serve. That we serve each other out of love. Now, if you were here last week, I hope you remember that we already thought about this, that Christian... You've got charisma. You've got gifts that God has given you. Verse 10, each of you should use whatever gift, and the Greek word of that is charisma, whatever charisma you've received to serve others as faithful stewards. And the thing we thought about last week was to remember that our gifts are given to us uh, and we are to be stewards and not stars. The point of receiving these gifts is not to kind of be in the spotlight and be so awesome with our charisma that basically we're trying to get everyone around us to serve us. That, that's not why God gave us gifts. No, he's made us stewards. Uh, the job of these gifts is to, to serve others with them. And I want to advance this thought a little bit further this morning. We are faithful stewards when we make God the star. We are faithful stewards when we make God the star. That's what it says in verse 11. Have a look at it again with me. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So what I want to think about this morning is how do, we, how do we make sure that God is in the spotlight? That he is the one who gets the praise. And the first thing I want us to remember is what we are stewards of in verse 10. God has given us these charisma, these gifts to be faithful stewards of what? Have a look. What is it? We don't do audience participation, do we? Faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And I want us to think about this for a moment. This is absolutely wonderful, incredible reality. We're given these gifts... So that as we serve each other in love with those gifts, other people get to experience God's grace. Isn't that extraordinary? 
People get to experience God at work in their lives as we serve them with our God-given gifts. Now, what do we mean by grace? It's, it's, it's not, uh, we're not talking about thanking God for your food in this, although that's a jolly good thing to do. But God's grace is a way of describing God's saving work in our lives, of God blessing us, of God showing us his undeserved kindness. I don't know whether you're watching the uh, Les Mis uh, on, on the BBC. Uh, I don't know whether you're missing the tunes or glad, glad not to have the tunes, but uh, it's an amazing story that Victor Hugo wrote about and it's been dramatized on the BBC at the moment. And there's that amazing scene, isn't there, where Jean Valjean, the uh, wild-looking, destitute man who's just come out of prison and uh, he's shown hospitality by a bishop. He's given a meal and a bed. And how does he repay this kindness? Well, while the household sleeps, Jean Valjean returns to his criminal ways and he uh, steals the silver knives and forks and spoons and he hurries off in the middle of the night. That's how he repays the kindness of the bishop. But later the next day, uh, the police have, have found him. They drag him back. They bring him back before the bishop. And we have this amazing moment. There he is with his head down, with the stolen possessions, with the police around him. And before the bishop. And we're expecting that the, the bishop will rightly call for justice. This guy should be slammed back into prison again and the, and the goods being restored to the bishop where they rightfully belong and then they, everybody's stunned about what happens as the bishop turns to Jean Valjean and says welcome back I'm glad to see you uh, you forgot to take the candlesticks didn't you I, I, I said you could take the silverware and he insists that the police unshackle him and allow Valjean free now what is that? grace amazing grace and in the story it's transforming grace for Valjean does begin to turn his life around from that moment now the Bible says that we are saved by God's grace it's not by us doing things to deserve to be saved it's not our achievements it's not our good works it's not our being religious or doing things for charity no, we could not save ourselves. God sent his one and only son into the world to be our savior, to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. He, the perfect righteous one, was willing to suffer in the place of us, unrighteous rebel sinners. Peter's already said in his letter, Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring us to God. He reminds us that Jesus himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness and by his wounds we are healed. This is the amazing good news that we get to proclaim. This is God's grace. We need to be saved. We can't save ourselves. We don't deserve to be saved and God in his amazing grace steps in through his son so that we can know eternal Forgiveness, salvation, restoration, relationship with God. God has done this because he is so very kind. 
And I love the description of, um, of God there in chapter 5, verse 10. Look across the page. And the God of all grace. The God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. Think about this privilege. The God of all grace has given us an invitation to join him in his house. Which is a glorious house where we can dwell with him for all eternity. The God of grace has taken people of dust and invited us to the eternal glory in Christ. The God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you've suffered a little while, yeah, it can be rough now, but my Christians who are experiencing tough times for your faith, he will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. A wonderful promise that whatever loss we might experience now for living for Christ, God's going to make it all good. Anything that's taken away is coming back. And some. This is God's grace. Now, of course, Almighty God could dispense this grace directly into our lives without using any of us. But this is the wonderful thing. God wants us to be in on the joy and the excitement of being instruments of his grace. In his, you know, he's so kind. He's not only forgiven us, but he gives us the joy of playing a part in dispensing the grace of God into people's lives. So we get like a front row seat of seeing how he transforms people's lives through Christ to his glory. I just think this is utterly brilliant. So we get to speak we get to serve using our God-given gifts and God allows us to play a part in seeing lives transformed before our very eyes. Isn't that brilliant? Can you think of any better things to do with your time over the next 12 months before he comes back? I don't know he's coming back in a year, right? Just remind you. Last Sunday, we witnessed uh, five adults getting baptized and sharing their stories. Did you notice some common themes of how God's grace got into their lives? Uh, God reached them through their Christian friends, many of them. Uh, They noticed that their friends were just a bit different. And their friends kind of put the spotlight of their difference, not on themselves, but on Jesus. And they said, well, look, I'm I'm different because of Jesus. And they talked to them about Jesus. And there was something attractive about their lives. And they thought there's something in this. And they invited them to come along to church. And and what they got to witness was was lots of Christians loving and serving each other with their, their gifts. And people who seemed to really enjoy worshiping God and praising Jesus. And they saw a group of people who seemed to be really eager to, to listen to what God had to say and, and really keen to obey Jesus. And, and, and as they came along and observed all this, they thought, what, 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 what is this? And they heard the gospel. And they believed the gospel. And that's why we, we baptized them. And, uh, you know, as they shared their stories, were we not blessed by hearing their stories? We certainly were. And I'm getting reports already of some friends who couldn't be here watching the videos and saying, look, I want to find out more. 
from what you're sharing. Now, if you yourself have not yet responded to the good news about Jesus, I don't know what you're playing at. It's the best thing ever. And um, in, in here, in the back of the bulletin, you'll see a prayer of repentance. Uh, how you can talk to God, turning away from living for yourself and, 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 and turn to trust Christ and lean on him to, to receive the forgiveness that he offers you. And, you, and you, could, you could do that today. You could be in on this today. You could get an invitation to the eternal glory uh, with Christ forever by responding to the God of all grace. Well, you could do that today. And, and if you're not quite sure, there's, there's guys down here who will pray with you. They, they'll Whatever you want to talk about, they'll pray with you. And, and if you want to get more help on that, they'll help you with that. But I want us to think too about how all the different gifts that operate Sunday by Sunday to make this gathering happen and, uh, and throughout the week. And what are we doing? Well, we're all working as stewards of God's grace. I think too about how much we'd miss out if we don't commit ourselves to meaningful membership in this church because this grace is best experienced in a community in a church family and if we're we're not anchored in there we're we're missing out aren't we that there is grace and blessing from God that we're only going to experience if we commit ourselves to being part of a church family and so if you're here and you're a Christian and you're not yet part of it go to connect corner afterwards and say I'm interested in the membership class I want to get on board. So that's the first observation from these verses today. We make God the star when we remember that serving with our God-given gifts is the way we get to steward God's grace. But the second thing I want to point out today is that we make God the star when we are faithful stewards. Uh, he talks about God's grace in its various forms. He's got two main categories here, isn't he, in verse 11, of, of speaking and serving. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Uh, when you're speaking, you are serving. And most people, when they're serving, are, are actually talking about why they're serving and speaking in their serving. But they're kind of two categories. But faithful stewards make sure that they serve in a way that makes God the star. Look at it again. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. And if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. We experience God's grace not simply by speaking and serving. Uh, as, a, as, a, as a child who grew up in the 1980s, I was well taught by Fun Boy 3 and Bananarama. It ain't what you do, it's the way that you do it. It ain't what you do, it's the way that you do it. It ain't what you do, it's the way you do it. That's what, people in the 80s, that's what get results. It's what we are speaking. And it is the way that we are serving that matters. So let's think about the speaking bit first. When it comes to speaking, God's blessing and grace doesn't come merely by the fact that you're a bit gobby, that you've got the gift of the gab, that you can spraff a bit. That's, that's not, you're just because just you've got a Christian speaking doesn't necessarily mean that there's blessing. Where does the blessing come? When, when we speak as one speaking the very words of God. 
There's at least two parts to this, I think. There's content and there's delivery. Content. What's the best way to speak as one speaking the very words of God, do you think? Well, speak the very words of God. That's the, that's the easiest way of doing it. Uh, actually, use the very words of God. Um, God has spoken. It is written. He's revealed himself. It's written down. It's in the Bible. Um, and uh, this is the inspired, breathed out word of God. And so actually, if we want to be a means of God's grace and blessing in people's lives when we're speaking, we should be looking to speak the very words of God. In a sense, we're called to be kind of more like postmen than poets, right? Uh, to, to bless others, our job is not about creating original content, to be poets who, who come up with stuff. We're to be more like postmen who faithfully pass it on. No doubt there are creative ways in which we can think about passing on the word of God to kind of get um, past people's barriers who don't want to hear or to help people really hear what God has to say. But the heart of the content of what we're presenting, if we want it to bless others, it will be the very words of God that we use to do that. It's also about delivery. When we speak the words of God, this is not just like speaking any other words out there, is it? And there will be a certain weightiness and significance to the fact that we are passing on the words of God to people. Last night we had Jam Carey telling us a bit about his book, The Sacred Art of Humor, and he sort of gave us some sketches and he very helpfully at the end of each one of his content said this is not the word of God thanks be to God and it's very helpful to delineate when we're, stuff that we're making up and saying uh, against to what, what God has said because this is God's inspired inerrant sufficient potent word and if you need a reminder of that, we'll turn back to chapter 1, verse 23. In your Bibles, page uh, 1217. Verse 23, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. Think about this. God makes us brand new people through his word, his living and enduring word. Remember, this is the God who created everything out of nothing by speaking. And this is the God who recreates new life in us by his words. You know, think about how fleeting and short our lives are. Look at verse 24. For all people are like grass. All their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And so when we get the opportunity to speak, we could talk about lots of different things, and it's okay to talk about lots of things in our lives. But if all we talk about is sports, politics, TV, relationships... 
If all we talk about is those sort of things, we're, we're talking about temporary glory that fades like the flowers in the field. Well, it's nice, it's pretty, but you know, a few days it's dead and shriveled. But if we speak the very words of God, we're giving something that is lasting and enduring and living and transforming. And if people stand on it, they will stand forever with the eternal words. So of course we want to give ourselves to speaking the very word of God. As it goes on to say in chapter 2, when we speak God's word with with reverence, verse 2, it's... It's like spiritual milk that helps people grow up in their salvation and it helps people taste the goodness of the Lord. Do we want people to know how good the Lord is? Pass on his words so they can know him and trust him and experience him in their lives as well. Right. So that's the way that we can speak God's word and be a steward of God's grace. That's the way we put the spotlight on God, that the main interest factor is what he's got to say rather than what I've got to say. But secondly, God's grace is experienced and God is praised so that he's seen to be the star when we serve with the strength that God provides. Now, what does that mean? I've been wrestling with this this question. What does it mean? It sort of implies that there's a way of, of, of serving that's in your own strength. And there's a way of serving with God's strength. Well, I don't know about you, but I want to serve with God's strength. How do you do do that? What does that look like? And I want you to imagine with me that we've got um, two members of Charlotte Chapel. And it's in a few weeks' time. It's 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 the first Sunday in March when we move to the time clock of 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. And uh, two members, they wake up, um, different parts of the city. And the first person wakes up and they think, oh... I'm on serving again. And it's now the nine o'clock service. I can't believe I have to wake up this early on a Sunday. Oh well. I better get up. Better get up and go. I don't want people to think I'm not dependable. I've got to do my duty, I suppose. And when they get there, they kind of keep that sort of grumpy looking face. And there's lots of sighs as they serve, just to let people know what a really big deal it is that they are there, and how impressive that they are to be there at nine o'clock at a serving team. Now, it's another part of the city, there's another member, and they wake up, and they're a bit older, their body is kind of stiff and sore, and uh, they wake up in their bed, and they suddenly remember, oh, I'm on serving Again. And now it's the nine o'clock service. And I've got to go. But before their thoughts get too carried away, they decide to pray. And they say something like this. Oh Lord, you know what a discouraging week it's been. You know, my body is feeling so sore and aching and I've no idea how I'm going to get the strength to get up today and serve you and serve your people. I'm not even sure I want to do it, Lord. I need you. Please be at work in my heart so that when I get there to serve, I will genuinely want to love and care for the people today. Please give me the strength and energy I need to get my body moving today. 
that my knees won't be too sore so I can serve and be a blessing to others. And to their amazement, they managed to get out of bed, get dressed, get to church, and when they get there, they find there really is joy in their hearts at seeing their brothers and sisters. And amazingly, they find that there's a renewed love to serve people. And do you know what? As they chat to people, they can't help themselves but start conversations telling people how good and faithful God has been to them today. Now, can you see the difference? Are people blessed and equally experience the grace of God from both these people? I don't think so. You know the difference, don't you? When you're bumping into somebody at church and they're doing it for God's glory. They're doing it because they're just so thankful. You can tell. See, when we serve with the strength that God provides and when we speak as one speaking the very words of God, God's grace through the saving work of Jesus is experienced in the lives of the people we're serving. What an utterly amazing and brilliant thing. He lets us in on it. And when we do it in that way, He gets the praise, doesn't he? He gets the glory. He's the star. And so my Christian brothers and sisters, how are you serving? Uh, We've got a ministry fair on uh, after this morning. Please help stack the chairs and and, and have a think about, is there an area where you can serve? It was brilliant to hear, uh, how many was it? 164 new signups. That's fantastic. Uh, But perhaps you're here and and you could serve. People here who couldn't because of various factors, we understand that. But maybe you could serve and you're not currently serving. Would you think about going to have a chat with some of these people at the uh, service wall? Who's getting the glory in the way we are serving? I think that's a really challenging question. The end is near, the king is returning. What's our priorities going to be? Well, God tells us pray, love, serve as faithful stewards of God's grace so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's pray.